Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. Eli Harrell is about to come on and blow your freaking mind talking about impact, talking about changing the world, the future, leveraging personal growth for life and business success. Before we dive into that, I'm talking to you because you're becoming your greatest possible self. Did you know? Yeah, every day you show up and you're absolutely doing your best. So I acknowledge you, number one, give yourself a little pat on the back or a big pat on the back, whatever you prefer. And however I can support you in moving forward even more and getting your message out, changing the world, being your GPS, let's talk. Whether it's coming on the 12-hour marathon as a guest, would love to see how we can support you with that. Whether it's launching your own podcast and getting your own message out into the world, or if it's attending our Bali Flow and Fire retreat coming up here in November, um, a really intimate retreat for influencers and people who want to change the world, dive into their purpose, get even more aligned. Uh, it's going to be great, great stuff. Let's talk. You can find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash th 3 Burns, Instagram at I am Millionaire Chris, as well as email Chris at BeYourGPS.com. Looking forward to talking to you. Next up is the iTunes review of the week. And this week, let's see who it's by. It is by Hannah1125. Hannah1125 says, always a nugget. Chris shows up with such authentic interest in the guest and the audience. Every single show has a golden nugget that I can start implementing in my life right away. It feels like Chris really believes we can all become our greatest self and constantly consistently shows us how if this isn't in your ear you are missing out on loads of inspiration action and your own greatness hannah thank you so much for sharing that and if you're out there listening right now and you want to get a chance to get shouted out on a future marathon go to beergpscom forward slash itunes or search greatest possible self on the itunes or apple podcast store and then subscribe while you're there definitely and leave us a review let us know what you love what you want to see more of on the podcast we love that feedback and thank you for being on the journey with us we're going to dive in and create even more greatness together i'm going to introduce eli in just a second here before that grab a piece of paper grab a pen be ready to take notes this is going to be gold and it could be a conversation that opens up your field of possibilities. What's possible? Like the future, who you are, your greatest possible self. I have a feeling like we're going to go super deep uh, into the, how the, the world is evolving. And it's going to be a really, really great conversation. So stay all the way through till the end because one of these ideas has the power to change everything for you. So let's introduce Eli. We'll bring him on. Eli is a lifelong entrepreneur who has founded and led multi-million dollar companies in industries from construction to cybersecurity. From West Coast to East Coast, Japan to the Philippines, where he has lived for five years now, he has led both bootstrapped and VC-funded startups, advised and consulted for founders in many, many sectors. But his passion after all of that is helping people grow themselves. He believes that the human experience is best lived when we focus our energy on understanding and mastering, I added that, ourselves and how we work, and when we take extreme ownership of growing ourselves endlessly, and that success is more about who we are becoming than all the doing and having we think so much about. 
So he's really all about turning things upside down and really showing you the truth, showing you your greatest possible self. And we're blessed to have him here with us today. Eli, are you ready to rock the house, my man? Of course. How you doing, Chris? Amazing, man. Just absolutely yes. blessed. We're on hour nine, nine out of 12 on the 12-hour marathon, having a blast, man. So thank you for being here and uh, you know, just really bringing your your love for people, love for personal growth and, and development, and business growth. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's dive into the theme of today, which is the power of authority. Eli, what does that mean to you, the power of authority? Mm, power of authority. Well, first of all, it's exciting for me to to have your energy this morning because it's eight it's eight a.m. <laughs> Great way to wake up. We did we did six a.m. last time, man. Come on, this is this all right. Is no, <laughs> I've, I've been awake since five thirty, but still, it's it's a nice uh, <laughs> nice energy for the morning. Uh, authority, authority is a, a a super interesting thing for me because I I think we don't realize how many parts of our lives, um, how many how many decisions we make probably every day are influenced by authority that we, we don't realize that we've assigned. You know, there's a lot of um, authority in relationships, in our family, people that we look up to. We don't even realize why we look up to them. Um, sometimes fear of other people's opinions has a lot of authority kind of tied into it. So um, yeah, it's a very broad topic, but uh, I was just listening to the guest you just had on before Lexia. Yeah, and um she used the word a lot, so I, I didn't realize that was the theme of the day. Though now, I, now I understand. Got it. So, uh, yeah, you know, authority. I guess the one thing I would say that that I've learned in my life is that so much of the authority that we believe is um, rigid and and just sort of in our lives is really not. And and we when we start to kind of unpack and deconstruct the authority that we think is in our lives, we really have so much more freedom than we think. And a lot of the decisions and things I've done in my life that have led to experiences that other people might think are crazy um, prob probably came from a, a place of rebellion, you might call it at first, where, where I said, no, that's that's not really authority. And I decided to do you know the opposite or do something outside of that. So um, I would say top level, I would say authority is, is probably mostly an illusion. Mm. Um, that we that we assign in our own minds, but we don't always realize we're doing that. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I think I hear a lot of external authority that is imposed on us, society, leaders, yeah. things like that leaders, um, you know, like the, the authority imposed on us. And then there's also like the internal authority, yeah. the internal compass, the internal guidance, which I know you're, you're big in, like really tapping into ourselves and growing ourselves. So um, to be able to discover our own authority, I think I even went through that yeah. phase of rebellion saying, screw authority. I, I'm going to be wild and free. I'm going to do what I want when I want. And like, I don't need anything or anyone um, and then like I had to learn, I, I got the opportunity to learn, well, structure is good. <laughs> it just, when I, when I choose it, when I, uh, when I, you know, welcome it, it serves me and it's a benefit and it helps me grow into my greatest possible self. So it's a fun dance, man. Absolutely is. Um, yeah, it's a fascinating word. I, I, I think I'll make a note to really contemplate this word more because it, it ties into a lot of things like our need for autonomy yeah. and the fact that I think a lot of us go through life not prioritizing ourselves enough, and then we we end up not really becoming our best selves and not being able to help other people as well as we could have if we had if we had really had the hierarchy right. Um, so, I, you know, 
what I said about all the authorities that people live their lives kind of assuming are 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 really you know solid. The key is to to recognize that those that you get to choose how much you know, how, how solid those are, and then the right the better choice, in, in my opinion, I, I agree with you is is gradually over time throughout our lives, kind of building that personal authority and realizing like every belief, every you know perspective is really your choice, and and if you haven't yet made it, once you start making those choices yourselves, then you you do start finding you know finding your own authority. Yeah, I agree with that. Gold, gold, Eli. So tell our audience a little bit more about who you are, what you stand for, and what your clients come to you for, man. Sure. Um, so, a bit of a, an unusual background. I came from. I was born in the U.S. I was born on the West Coast, but grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, kind of a, an unusual childhood, I think, compared to most people, because I, I was homeschooled. So I, I didn't really go through the kind of linear um, educational system where I was being. You know, groomed or heading toward getting a job with a diploma. So I, I don't even have a diploma, honestly. Um, and it has never mattered. I, I don't really care. Um, so my parents were entrepreneurs and I grew up working in their business. So I kind of learned a lot of figure it out mindset. And then also saw a lot of things maybe that I, I learned some mistakes that they, that I saw them making and kind of later on realized looking back ways to, to get better at it. So I've just been an entrepreneur my whole life. I uh, had companies in the construction industry in Atlanta for about 10 years. Um, and once I sold my equity in those companies, I was I had this opportunity presented to me to come to Asia for a month. I said, yes, saw an economy here in the Philippines that was really felt alive. And I felt like I could make a difference more easily with more people here. Um, and I wanted my kids to get an experience outside the country as well. So we said, all right, let's just go live there for a year. Nobody really paid me to do it. I just said, we can, so let's do it. And um, yeah, so I've, I've been here five and a half years. And I ended up, over those five and a half years, I've worked in a number of different fields, mostly coaching and consulting. I have a lot of background in sales and marketing. Um, but really all across business, I love every piece of business. Um, and so I, I do some consulting here and there. Um, I love coaching founders. I love supporting startup founders and kind of helping them, not just in the business side of things, but also personal development. Um, and my business partner and I, his name is Garrick. We we are building actually a, a very big long term vision where we we want to be able to um, hire people from the corporate world who we see a lot of potential in. They want to be entrepreneurs. We want to be able to put them into a company where we can grow them into founders, um, basically, and support them in starting companies that solve problems. Our, our biggest, you know, kind of top level down perspective on business is that we, we think business is the best tool we have on this planet as humans to solve problems yeah. and to, to align people and get their energy and you know, going in the same direction. So um, that's what we're in it for. Um, right now, over the next two years, our big focus is building out our software development company. Mm -hmm. So we actually do outsourced software. We be, we become the software arm for startups, and even we do a lot of enterprise um, software solutions. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that's kind of a part of our big picture plan. So we're not just in the outsourcing business for arbitrage, but we're actually building a, a culture within our company. That yeah. we're doing. So that's what I do. That's rad, man. I love it. I love it. So. Um, 
you really support is companies in creating the infrastructure, the software in infrastructure, so that they can grow their companies, their specific sector or type of businesses or specific function that the software uh, usually performs? Um, we, we haven't really focused in or become specialized in, in one niche market yet. Uh, our, our clients range from tech startups. You know, we, we're working, we've got a, one of the biggest gyms in Australia that we're, we're doing a lot of work for, for like a challenge app. So we do mobile apps, we do heavy websites, but we, we also do enterprise, um, business process integrations and, um, workflow software so we we love business we know business pretty well and what we we're not just tech guys so we love to go in and understand the business and, and kind of what it's trying to achieve who the people are and for us it's pretty important to work with people who have a somewhat similar worldview or that, that we just kind of believe in their mission because um, we get we get pretty involved with them we're not, we're not we don't see ourselves as just a contractor we see ourselves as kind of a, a partner for the long run yeah so when Makes did sense. the commitment to impacting the world and surrounding yourself with people with a similar worldview, personal growth, business growth, like willing to, to work on themselves. When did that become a priority for you along your journey? Hmm, that's an awesome question. I would say it's pretty gradual that that's happened. Um, I realized after the decade of my 20s where I was building those companies in the U.S. and made so many mistakes. And if any of my ex-partners listen to this, they're, they're going to be remembering the same time period as, as, as probably a lot of learning. Um, yeah, we had some success on paper, but didn't, didn't know what I was doing in a lot of ways, especially was not asking myself at all who I was becoming and who I wanted to become. So I wasn't really looking internally at all. I was just doing stuff, right? Wow. And it's, it's the American dream. And I, I built the American dream on paper, but, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So, so I would say over the last 10 years, I've really started it's been this gradual progression of realizing that um, a fulfilling life is much more achievable and sustainable when you're focused on that question, like who are you becoming? And be, be, who am I right this second? And can I enjoy this moment, every moment? Because it's the only one you ever get to live, right? Yeah. And then also, who do I want to become and am I working in that direction? So I would say that's been pretty gradual, but over the last four years is when I've started realizing Maybe after getting a little better at, at living, just, just the human experience, um, I, I realized a lot of things I knew about myself now that I wanted to help other people. So one of my core ambitions is to help as many other people as possible to get onto a better path to self-teaching, like taking more ownership of learning. Because we, we have access to all knowledge and learning from guys like you and there's so many people who can learn from it. Probably why the podcast revolution is happening, right? We realize there's all these amazing people, and we can choose which ones we want to learn from. Yeah. Um, so, impact, you know, business. I, I spent a long time focusing on business for the obvious reasons, you know, you money, want freedom, you yep. want money, you want yep. all those things, right? and, and then you start attaching dreams to those things. And the dreams that I started attaching to why I was doing it were travel and experiences and things which I definitely want certainly yeah. want this for my kids but um now I realize like it's much more rewarding to see it's just more rewarding to address this you know come into business with the perspective of like we can solve problems with this and in the meantime I'll have everything I need I'll have mm. more than I 
and I want a lot of money so I can I can do more things yes. like that. I want to be able to invest in companies. I want to start companies. I want to I want to um, help grow more people. Yeah. But yeah, how much money do I personally need? Mm. There's a limit to that. Right? Mm. So, yeah. It's good. I, it's I'm good, not man. sure if that's the most concise answer, but it's great. It's all it's all perfect. It's all coming out perfect. Um, I wanted to talk about like the the commitment to impact because we talked about personal growth, and now you have this, uh, and especially in our pre-interview call, like a commitment to impacting people. And you, and I know the theme of today is like impact requires energy. So can you, can you tell us a little bit about what that means to you, Eli? Sure. Um, on impact, I think this is a word that's it's getting used a lot in business and, and, and I, I'm glad it is. Yeah. Um, but I think it's hard for us perspective wise to figure out how do we as individuals and, in, in, you know, being an entrepreneur, how do you measure that impact? And, you know, you get into VCs that invest only in social enterprises. Like it, it gets really tricky to start measuring impact from an objective perspective. So um, I think, I think it has to be, you have to sort of, Except that it's a bit of a subjective, personal. You, you should describe. Like, if you care, if you say that you care about impact, then then what are you okay with, and what right, what makes right. you happy? Honestly, like it's probably most rewarding and recharging to be connected with people that you are impacting. So yeah. even if it's a small number of people, if you see individuals grow, you see individuals doing things they wouldn't have otherwise done, believing themselves more than they would have otherwise. Um, that for me is is quite rewarding already. So it doesn't necessarily have to be scaled for other people to look on and say, wow, you helped that many people, right? But when it comes to energy, um, over the past two or three years, I've really been focusing on energy management for myself and like changing a lot of habits and bu building a lot of new habits when it comes to um, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual energy and, and, and I've gotten so much better at those things. I would, I would love to help other people do the same thing, um, or at least lead them to some resources that helped me a lot. But I, but I'll, I'll start with something even even more base than that, more core, which is worldview. Um, I discovered this quote by Einstein about two and a half years ago. I think I shared it with you before. Einstein said that the most important decision a person can ever make is whether to believe that the universe is either either friendly or hostile. And, you know, objectively, it's it's both. Mm -hmm. And there's no way you could prove your case if you thought that it was more one or more the other. Like, you'll never win that argument. But it's choice. That's the key. The key in that, first of all, like, why, you know, ask yourself, why did Einstein say that's the most important choice we could ever make? Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I think it really matters because if, you know, first of all, I guess for the, for the reason that's important, Going back to the impact, if we in our, you know, if we kind of walk around every day just operating with this core belief that the world is kind of screwed and not really much we can do about that, right? Then how would you be able to sustain energy toward making any kind of difference? No. I don't think you can. I think you can, you can say you want to, but over time you're going to, there's just a massive misalignment in energy. So I think to start with, when, when I'm saying that impact requires energy. Um, and then, you know, like in our software company, this is what we, we love working with companies that we think are making an impact, especially in an area that we think support. Of course, we're not the judges, but that, that's why we do what we do. Um, so for me, that, that choice is all about the data you put in. 
because if you watch the evening news every day, you know, and that's the data you're putting in, that's the slice of the world that you're just putting into your brain. I'm pretty sure over time, I, I'll, I'll put some money on the fact that you'll eventually get to the point where you're like, eh, this world sucks. Yeah. Well, what what I'm hearing, what's coming to my mind is impact requires energy. Okay. If I'm feeling, if I'm choosing to see the world and believe that the world is hostile, my energy is not going to be free and expansive and connected and loving. It's going to be retracted. It's going to be small and I'm going to play small. I'm going to reserve myself. I'm going to hide. I'm going to, you know, like stay small. But if I see that the world is, is, you know, supporting me, it's a good universe. It's a good place to be. Then I'm expecting that people are ready to be to be in connection. I'm expecting to receive love. I'm expecting to to open up to abundance and gifts and all these beautiful miracles, right? So it's like to impact, to create impact. It, it means, in my opinion, legacy. It means like really being a contribution, serving people and not quantity, but depth. How how deep can we go with one person's life? You know, like I know we we were talking about like launching a podcast. The the possibilities that open up because of that it's like so enormous, right? You're one person, like in any person who I work with. When I give them those tools to create the platform, like just one person who I'm serving, they go out and create a, such a massive freaking ripple effect, man. But that can only happen because my energy is available for people to serve, and I see this world and this universe is a great universe, man with you and i think that matters and i would i would say this one other thing that i learned that you it's a very difficult thing to find out what somebody else's kind of core worldview is because they might say say one thing out loud but then you know over time the mental and emotional state that they're in when it comes mm -hmm. to the way they, they look at the world it's um it might not be this it might not be aligned with what they're saying and if you if you partner with people where your kind of core worldview isn't aligned that's one thing I've learned is just like, it's so important for me now to realize is that the values and you know, worldview and then values alignment, at least on the core big ones. Yeah. So if you want to achieve something that matters that you feel good about, then you've got to make sure that the people you spend most of your time with are aligned with you and those, those core values. Yeah. Wow. So that worldview is has become a critical part of you and being able to relate to people and and to be able to achieve your impact in people's lives like it's something that you're focused on something that you're present to tell us a little bit more about how you're integrating that with your, yourself with your clients and sharing this message out in the world yeah um when yeah i think what i've become really fascinated with is deconstructing the human experience in general hmm. and we seem to, for some reason, we seem to kind of really separate business from human experience. And mm -hmm. I don't understand why we want to do this because, A, you know, all business exists because of the way we are. Yeah. So humans are afraid. We're, we, we have certain needs. You know, there's all kinds of things that we, the way we behave and, and why we do what we do mm -hmm. um, is why businesses work the way they work. So the whole world works the way it works because of the way we are. And um, so I think the more we, the more time we can individually spend or the more commitment we have to understanding ourselves and other people, we will just kind of by nature start to understand the way the world works a lot better yeah. you know, under the surface the way it works. And so integrating, and I don't know if I have to integrate it. It's more like just saying like everything is integrated and if we want to understand it better and, and make some difference to it, we need to understand why it's that way. Um, and, you know, 
some of the things I talk about a good bit are being in business, being an entrepreneur, like that's a human experience too. You can't take the human out of it. And, and most of the reasons that we fail in what we want to achieve is really it's an human, right? Yeah. I think emotions cause more failure than anything else. It's not, mm. it's not, not because you ran out of capital. It's because you probably had too much emotional attachment to a direction and you weren't mm. pivoting. Some the people you can go out and want to hear the truth or something. Um, yeah, so I really enjoy helping people kind of discover things about themselves and, and give them external perspective and, and coaching entrepreneurs. So that's, that's why we're doing what we're doing for the long term, just being able to. Um, I know that it's probably much more, the impact I can have is much more, like you said, ripple effect, much more exponential. If I can find those people, the more of those people that I find who really do have that, either they already kind of have that worldview and that interest and that that fire that they want to to find a way to make more impact, and, and um, already thinking from a giving perspective, like you're saying, not that just uh, then the more I help those people, the more ripple effect there will be because I can't I can't change the world so dramatically on my own, right? Right. Yeah, takes takes a team, takes uh, you know, like really a, a community, and I love the you know big corporations like Apple, like bless bless the possibilities that they have created in the world, and that technology, and that art, and that design, True. and thinking. It's like it's amazing, and I know we were talking about like Tom Bilyeu and how awesome he is, and what he's created with Impact Theory, and just everyone who's creating these massive movements and communities yeah. of people who think the way that they think and then creating dialogue and creating conversations between each other so that the people of like mind can join together and support each other and uh, encourage each other. It's like one of the greatest things that has ever happened. You know, I so agree. I really do. I heard, I don't, I don't have science to back this up, but I heard this theory and, and I really like it. So, you know, something like these numbers makes sense to me. Somebody told me, that they read or they heard somewhere that roughly 7% of the human population right now are actively working toward something that, that helps humanity or helps, you know, helps the world. Yeah. And if we could just move that to 10%, that that would be the tipping point that makes yeah. all the difference, right? And when I look at what one human can do, you're, you're making some, you're bringing up some examples of that. But, you know, look at Elon Musk. I'm, I'm not sure he's the most personally de personal development focused guy in the world but he's shown us what one human can do mm. and that's amazing right we have yeah. we have so much power to to affect the world now and you're right it's through technology and that's kind of why we um we we don't look at software and my, my partner loves building software kind of more on the on the geeky side than me right but mm -hmm. because he just loves building software he loves teaching something that can't think to think i look at i look at any technology as a tool and we have we have just leveraged tools now, like you're saying, that can um, you know that allow us to have this potential for a smaller number of people to make a much bigger difference. And that's why we're that's why we do what we do. We don't we see it as um, you know. So if I can if I can help a lot of people on the human side of things through helping them upgrade their perspective and take more ownership of their own growth, and then on the technology side of things. I love what you just said about Apple because we look at companies like that. We just think this behemoth that's you know just just making technology. We could focus on all the potential negative side effects of those things, but man, you're right. I mean, how many people are building podcasts off of a phone? Mm. It's amazing. Mm. Yeah.
So good. So, so good. So Eli, I want to shift gears, so to speak, in terms of the foundational stuff that you love to talk about with business owners, with, uh, you know, founders and startups. What are some things that you really love to make sure are in place? You love to uh, make sure that they're doing correctly at the beginning. At the beginning of a startup, um, I love to see openness in the founders um, that they, you know, you need energy, right? You need, you need, I think it's really key to have a person who is the champion. You need, you need that person. I I've just never really seen a business succeed when you didn't have that energy driver, right? Mm. So you need that champion. You need that, that person who's just going to kind of every, he, he's the one that makes sure, or she's the one that makes sure that, that every next meeting is scheduled and somebody's got to be driving it. But beyond that, you need, I love to see open, openness mm. to, what you don't know, like just realizing that there's this huge world out there that you don't know, and that's fine. You'll figure it out. So openness that we don't know mm-hmm. and willingness to do the work to find out. Um, a, a mindset of, I can figure it out. We can figure this out. Like, like over, over the years of doing business in a lot of different fields, I see things so differently now where, like, you know, we see that this needs to be, this need is there and we would like to solve it and we we have some general ideas that we're pretty excited about that we think will work to solve it but we could be completely wrong and that's completely fine because every stage of iteration we're going to learn something new and that's okay and like being comfortable with that process is something that experienced entrepreneurs have a lot of times inexperienced entrepreneurs are really married to this they got excited about the idea getting right is the solution and that's a that's kind of a bad sign um so those are some things I love to see. Um, you know, you need, you need in your founding team, you need some emotional stability. You need some people that have already kind of built themselves into relatively, you know, we all, all have ups and downs. We all have bad days, but mm-hmm. you, need, you can't build a business successfully if you're going to check out for weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. So there needs to be that consistency. And uh, I guess those are a few things that, that I, I look for. Um, you have those, you know, you have those if you're open to feedback and you don't have an ego involved, then you can achieve virtually anything. So experience mm. is important, but nowhere near as important as those others. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because I think a lot of people start something because they want to make an impact. They want to, you know, serve. They want to contribute. And also for me, I know like I wanted I wanted to be the person who claimed that, who who like won, who was like, yes, I freaking did it, you know, and in the process, make a massive contribution. So I think it's it's a dance of the ego, so to speak, of like, hey, I'm freaking going for it. You know, the, the conviction, the champion like that, that. I think there's a positive ego in that that drives things. And then also the other side of like not being too stubborn or too closed minded saying, no, this is the way it is. We're going for it and being open to receive that coaching and the feedback. Uh, and, and then at the end of the day, listening back into the intuition and like learning how to trust ourselves. And there's going to be mistakes that we make. There's going to be victories that we achieve. And it's all part of the, the growth and the learning of who we are and, and how do we see the world? How do we operate? And, and create impact. Yeah, you know, that's a very interesting thing. I've, I've been thinking a good bit over the last few years about this core you know, motivation that a lot of entrepreneurs have from the, from the very beginning. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, a lot of people want 
out from under a boss. They don't want to be, they want to, to own their own time. They want freedom. But there is this also this core driver that you just mentioned of like, I want this to be mine. I want mm. this to be my idea. And I want the world to know that it would be mine. Um, because actually we have to solve this for the model that we're, that we're building mm-hmm. because we want to be able to hire people who've been, let's say in, you know, one of the big consulting firms for 10 or 15 years and they have a lot of experience. They know kind of the way the world works and they really built themselves into professionals, mm-hmm. um, but they've never been entrepreneurs before. And for them to exit the corporate world and become an entrepreneur for the first time, the odds of the odds are high that they will fail because of a lot of reasons. If we could hire that person at the same salary, and put them into an environment where they get to spend a lot of their time learning the things they, somebody showing them, like here, here are the, the sides of, of you and other people and like personal development that you, and leadership, et cetera, that you might not know yet. And we want to mm. coach you. Yeah. And then inside that same company, we decide here are the problems we want to solve. And we want to reclaim the desert, whatever it is, right? And here's the technology we're going to use. And then we test it out, we prove it. Like, okay, we've got a model here that we think is, is, is doable. Mm. MVP's already built. All right, we need three founders. All right, we think you guys are ready. Want to do it? Do you like this idea enough? Do you, are you passionate enough about this idea? Maybe they were the ones that actually helped us come up with the idea in the first place. And now we assign them. You know, we as the, the, the whole brain trust, we kind of everybody assigns them. We agree these three guys are the, the these three people. These are the most ready to start this business. Okay, so now they start the business. They have they have access. They don't have to go raise capital. Um, they have mentors they have coaches they have a whole back office support network of software developers and you know, customer service etc so the whole thing is there for them right the odds of success are it's arguable but i think they're a lot higher than if you do it alone yeah. however however there would be a lot less of this i did it alone thing right mm. so we kind of have to solve that a little bit i've i've let go of a lot of that in my life and i and i but i i am fascinated by this Thing you just brought up is that there can be certainly a positive outcome to having that drive that started with ego. Um, so we have to see if we can if we can get people to be as invested mm. as you know in that model that I just described as they would have been if they started alone. Mm. Yeah, and I, I found that just like simply celebrating the sources of of growth in our life, whether it's coaches, whether it's books, whether it's whatever, and mentioning about those things on our you know whatever day to day life and sharing those with people and saying you know this really made a difference for me. I think that like that's a first step of of that process, and then to take it to a whole new level. I think the leadership. What I've learned is to give credit to like your team, to give credit to people all around you for your success rather than saying I did it alone. I think that I did it alone mindset is very um is like the the bad side of the ego, the prideful bad. I mean, if there if we were to label it, but it's the side that is unconscious. It's the side from the 80s yes. and and 90s that was, you know, trying to to validate itself through achievement. And now we're in a phase where it's like, come on, you can't even be serious if you think that you did this alone. Like it took, it took like yeah. heaven and earth and moving it and all the people and communities to actually make a significant impact, a significant, you know, profit millions, tens of millions of dollars. That that's like no way one person is, is responsible. And that one person can be yeah. the driver. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm in charge of my life. And I think that's the first thing to recognize, but then also to give credit. Totally well said. I, I just recently read um, a book by A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Yes. Kind of have a, a new perspective on that word ego. Mm-hmm. 
that's why I lean towards saying overall, I, I don't, I don't think it's the ideal way to go about it. And, right. I, and I don't think it's also like what you said, like nobody really does it on their own, not if they're successful, right? No way. Right. And, um, I'm also reading a really interesting book right now by, um, Keith Ferrazzi. Mm. He read Never, Never Eat Alone Never about the Alone, yep. Yep. Now he's, he wrote this book. I'll have to post it in the notes later. It just, yeah. just gave my mind. But it's all about having this circle of people around you that, mm. that you just have this incredibly close support network that will tell you the truth about you and that will just support you no matter what. And, um, man. Totally forgot the name of the book, but yeah, it's a, I really like it, and I think it's something I want to focus on more. Is yeah. just helping other people go out of advisors yeah. that they know they they know why they chose those people. Because man, come on, you can't do it alone. Mm. And we can learn a lot from the internet. We can learn a lot from YouTube, but it's so much nicer if you have um, accountability. And yeah. sometimes people just slap you in the face and say, you know, you are acting like yeah. Yeah, and you know. it's like listening listening to a a source, listening to a podcast, YouTube, whatever. It's very one way. It's more conversational than let's say like I don't know, reading or something like that. It's like more personal, but it's still not, hey, who are you? What's important yeah. to you? What are your values? Where are you at? What's what's your next steps? Like let's let's get real, you know? It's very here's the blueprint, here's the cookie cutter, here's what worked for me. Go through it. May not be exactly what you need, but go through it. You know, and, and so I think it's it's just fun. Uh, all the resources and information that's available, and being able to customize it and direct it. That's why I really love what you're doing, Eli, because you're creating an ecosystem of you know wherever these founders are at, whatever their vision is, you're going to give them whatever those next steps are, and like give them a, a process, an evolutionary process, a, a curriculum to help them do that. And I think that's cool. Thank you. I just opened my Kindle and it's called Who's Got Your Back. Ah, who's got your back? I'm not that far through it yet, but I really like it so far. I I love it. I love it. Okay. So I wanted to ask you about the future. I know that was a big part of our conversation pre-interview call. Um, What, what do you see in the future? How do you see technology shaping the future? Um, What is, is important for you about the future? Yeah, man, that's a, an awesome question. We've, we've got so much, um, you know, we got so many big questions about that. One one thing that I'm fascinated by is the upcoming decades when it comes to our knowledge about just human health because of human longevity. Um, there, one of, when I when I look at people like Naveen Jain and and um, Peter Diamandis and people that are putting their billions of dollars and their experience and networks and, and authority, there's the word, um, into, into businesses that are, that are, you know, pulling together all the knowledge, the knowledge about like our brains and, you know, DNA and, and just the way that we age, et cetera, et cetera, are just, it's kind of like what happened 15, 20 years ago with cell phones and how, you know, we went from flip phones to what we've got now in a very short period of time. Whereas, you know, the decades had gone by with very little noticeable improvement. Everybody starts piling there, you know, everybody starts kind of putting stacking on top of knowledge and more and more and more researchers are putting energy and money into a technology. So I, I think we're going to see some incredibly big changes in what's possible for the quality of life we've got in and the length. And that's exciting to me because when I think about 
my life so far. I'm 42. The first, of course, I've had experiences all along the way that, that were teaching me things, but I don't think I was very intentionally building who I am until the last maybe six, seven years, um, especially five. And just how much I've changed myself over the past couple of years with, with that work and that setting about with that intention. Man, where can my brain be in another 20 or 30 years and how much can that help? The world if my brain doesn't slow down but keeps speeding up and, and that that to me is exciting and if it's not me it's not me but there will be people whose brains just keep going you know and we, we we've got this problem where we're losing the best brains because they start declining and then they're gone and so that's going to change a lot i think just fundamentally right um ai is another fascinating conversation i won't jump into it too much there's a pretty interesting book called ai superpowers that i think is interesting perspective on where we're at with that um we're, we're going to see a lot of big changes and i think it's going to be exciting for the people who see it as exciting and it's going to be scary for the people who are afraid of it but that's the world you know, you're choosing <laughs> we're gonna you know a lot of humans are going to have to change the way they look at things because because what we thought was valuable mm. you know but and the ability to do a job that somebody can, can tell you how to do it's not going to be valuable anymore mm. so yeah the future shows us you know as long as humans are here and the world is built around us which hopefully we we have this in, you know built-in desire for that to continue then if that continues there will not ever be a decline in value when it comes to knowing humans so i think human skills like the more you yeah. can understand yourself and other people you'll just be able to help other people live better. And, and I hope that we continue to see a big, you know, big growth in that area for people to just focus in. Like understanding humans is, is key. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Now, I want to talk about your move from the United States to the Philippines and how that is playing into your vision of the future, especially what, why, why is that a great place for you and the combination of what's possible in the future? First, I'll start by saying that, you know, for, for those of you who might hear this, who live, let's say, in the U.S., and it's, it's a great place to live. It, it's comfortable. It's easy to not really pay attention to the rest of the world because for some reason we don't get that much input. We haven't chosen to pay any attention to it in our media, et cetera. Make, make it a priority to spend some time in another place because you probably can. You might think you can't, but you probably can. Um, I don't know you, so I'm not going to say you absolutely can, but I, I bet you absolutely can. Uh, going to another place, living in another culture, just forces your brain to, to challenge so many things that you thought were true. And it, it start, sort of, you start bumping up against all these beliefs you didn't know were there in your own head, and it, it just changes you. So it doesn't actually, you know, I'm not going to say that it's specifically the Philippines that I needed to go to, but I, I'm so glad that we haven't spent this much time living in another place. And I, I want to do that again. Like I really want to get, because I know the perspective I have on the world now is so much more comprehensive, but how much am I still not seeing? Because right. I've never lived in Brazil. I've never lived in Russia. Like, I mean, there's so many other human, you know, just cultures, et cetera, that, that I don't understand yet. Um, so that's, that's first of all, but Philippines, I like living here because it, it shows me the, it keeps me very aware of the big gap in um, 
the big gap in where people are in their, it's not just, not just their living environments, but the way they see the world. And so there, there's, there's a lot of wealth disparity here. But it's not really about the wealth disparity as much for me as it is about the the mindset disparity. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's just a lot of I see Chinese business people here that are really unhappy but super wealthy, and, and I see the way they think. Um, I see people who clean their houses, and I see the way they think. And I see foreigners here. I see we do a lot of international business with Australia, with the UK. Um, so I, I just love the perspective that I get being an, an expat in another place. And, um, yeah. And, and the, the changes that are happening in a third world, not third world. I hate it when I say that in a developing nation. Um, it's fun to watch. It really it reminds me of what I know the U.S. went through in the past and kind of where we ended up. Mm. And I would love to be part of conversations that, that help. Maybe maybe a different outcome, I hope. Do you feel like the United States has more than enough people who are like leading the charge? There's more than enough momentum and you wanted to bring that momentum to other places and like be a catalyst and ignite that? I won't say that I had that vision when I came here, but now I look at it that way. I, I think I kind of just had this feeling I can make more of a difference here, but I had no real idea how. Mm. Um, and I, I won't lie to you and say that I was I was super focused on impact when I came here. It's not really true. I was focused on experiences, and I prioritized experiences for several years because I wanted to grow myself. And I deprioritized, like I really did. I just said, you know what? I don't I don't really care about what I could be earning in a job. I want experience. And when I mean experience, not work experience. I want like world. <laughs> um, but now the way I look at it, I'm, I'm glad you asked that question because I did want to mention this. You know. In the U.S., there are a lot of great conversations happening that I see. Um, I see, like you mentioned, impact theory. That's been a major, it's like a super nexus for me of a place that I've just chose that. And Tom Bilyeu's interviews led me to many thought leaders. And I read their, I, I found the ones who I wanted to think more like. And I read their books and like, it's just, it's just upgraded my own brain. Um, I have a challenge with that with people here because when I introduce them to the same resources, they have this, a lot of people in countries where they don't have as much freedom and they, they feel a lot more maybe oppressed by their economic situation. They tell themselves that, yeah, but it's different for those people. So maybe they understand it, but they can't quite relate and they can't quite believe that they have the same opportunity to, to build, you know, to get themselves to that place. Mm -hmm. And so I really do have this kind of passion project that I'm, I'm working on plans for, I hope later this year, maybe early next year to start a podcast that's for people here um, to help them kind of be a bridge, to be able to tell stories of people who came from very, very, very difficult backgrounds um, who can articulate why those struggles made them who they are now. Mm -hmm. And that people here would be able to say, okay, yeah, I don't have it that bad, which means I can do it. And that's a kind of a, a mental bridge to lots of the conversations that are already out there. I, I don't need to re, you know, reinvent what you're doing, but I do think that, if it was here and it was stories from here, then then that that kind of dispels the myth and yeah. shatters the story. Yeah, it's like you want to create accessibility. Uh, you know, not celebrities, but it really is. It's like local celebrities. You want to create local celebrities so that people locally say, if this person can come from poverty and you know a developing country and everything against him, you know, and then 
or her and then develop into their, their greatest possible self and be traveling the world and freedom and money and happiness, fulfillment, then it's possible for me. It's, it's those stories have been, you know, just totally circulated in a great way in an empowering way around the United States and not every place in the world has that access, has that like, Oh yeah, it's another, it's another Les Brown. Oh yeah, it's another Jim Rohn. Oh yeah, it's another Tony Robbins. You know, it's like, it's not like that in a lot of places. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 you could use the word authority there, I think, because it, the people who, you know, that you can relate with that came from a place that you can imagine, you know what that looks like, you know what that feels like. You've got yeah. friends who have the same story. Um, it becomes much more of an authority to your mind to say, yeah, okay, I really can. I can. Actually, it was an impact theory episode um, maybe last, maybe a year and a half ago that I heard, which was Jessica Matthews. And she was saying, I moved my, she got, $7 million in venture capital. I hope I'm getting this right. And she, she said, I moved my company to Harlem instead of Silicon Valley, specifically because I want girls who look like me to know they can be somebody other than Beyonce. And I hope I got that quote right. But yeah, that was what hit me. I'm like, I've never seen a Filipino on any of these interviews that I've ever, you know, that I'm, that I'm following. Right. So somebody's got to tell these stories. And uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I hope that that will make a difference for a lot of people. Mm. Amen, man. Um, tell us more about personal growth. What what has been a, a big like shift for you because of personal growth? I know we kind of talked about it a couple years ago. I asked you earlier, like, when did it start becoming important for you? But like, what have you seen as far as yourself in terms of personal growth from doing the studying, from listening to podcasts, um, you know, being coached, going to seminars, different things like that? What what have you seen? in terms of your shifts in raising consciousness? I can't think of a part of life that hasn't gotten better from, from asking better questions. And the, like mm. I said, the first question that I started asking 10 years ago was like, you know, who, who actually am I becoming? Am I happy with that? And am I creating that? Like, have I chosen the next version of me? And I don't think I was asking the questions very well back then, but at least I got started. And um, I've been, Maybe four or five years ago was the first time I really, really intentionally said, I'm going to reinvent myself this year. I'm going to be this guy. I printed out a business card with stuff on it that I'd never done before. And I ended up doing that stuff. Like I, I made myself that person. And that's a weird thought for people because it seems kind of fake. But no, you can do it. You can rewire yourself. You just have to decide, like, if that's who I want to be, what what do I need to know? And, you know, how do I need to rewire my brain? Um, there's just been so many discoveries about what's possible there that have changed the way I look at life. Um, Mindset by Carol Dweck was a huge, just fundamental, you know, perspective change on how rewirable we really are and and how many times I was looking at myself and other people in a a fixed mindset like that guy's not that smart. You know, like we're we're, we're just saying things to ourselves that are quite fixed and and that changed a lot for me. Um, Man, relationships, ability to, Ability to look at hard things. Um, Lexia was just talking about this on the last uh, interview I, I heard. She was talking about le- leaning in to the difficult things. That's where the magic is in life. Um, Ryan Holiday's book I read about two years ago when I was going through a pretty difficult time. Uh, the, the Obstacle is the Way. Mm-hmm. Man, I love that book. Just, just like realizing that every time something feels scary, every time something looks like a bad difficult situation that there's so much opportunity 
the sooner you lean into that and you do the work, you know, even though you're scared of it, the sooner you lean in and do the work, the sooner you experience the magic on the other side of how good you feel about yourself that, hey, that wasn't a big of a deal. I can solve that. I can deal with that next time. I can go through that pain and and figure it out. Um, relationships, difficult conversations, like they, they just start getting easier. So I I really I really do think that it's important that we look at life, like the human experience. Be curious about deconstructing it. Be curious about learning it. But really ask yourself, is it reasonable that there's a mountaintop that I'm going to reach? Because I, I think somewhere subconsciously we've got this idea that there's this thing we're trying to, to get to in the future. And we don't end up really living now. And that's something I'm really working on this this year. Like, how much do I enjoy every moment? How much do I enjoy every day? What kind of energy am I bringing to people around me by being here? Because there's no mountaintop to reach, right? It, is, it literally is the journey. Right. That's the only thing you can ever experience. So progress, it makes us happier, but um, but it's eternal progress. Like there's no, there's no mass, ma- the, the pursuit of mastery, yes. recognizing you will never actually master anything yep. is, is kind of a key for me. And personal, that- it's, it's interesting. Personal growth is like, who could I become? What is the best version of myself? I don't know if we talked about this in our pre-interview call, but uh, Matthew McConaughey talked about that 10-year version of himself that he was always wanting to catch up to. He did a, I think it was like a speech Grammys or you know some movie uh, award speech. And he said, he doesn't look to other successful people or anything like that for for inspiration or for who he wants to become. He looks to the version of himself 10 years from now who has achieved all the things that he wants to achieve and who that person is for like who I who I get to wake up and chase that person chase that how they show up how they think how they look at the world how they serve others in every day to do that and there will always be a person 10 years from now who's different yeah. who's you know completely different I also uh, love what you said about just in terms of like last 10 years, you know, 20s was a certain decade for you, 30s was a certain decade for you. In the next 10 years, the next 20 years, what's possible with this level of growth, with this level of commitment, with this level of new awareness of how do you grow? How do you apply yourself? How do you choose who you become versus kind of just being on a hamster wheel? I think it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's a it's a long-term project to, to grow yourself and improve yourself and so many different pieces of life that we have to work on, but we got to do it one at a time. And some of the little habits that I've built, I, I really owe like the gratitude to my partner. who's my business partner. He's in his mid twenties, but he's taught me probably more than he's taught me more about developing yourself than anybody I've ever met. And um, he, he taught me these little simple things like the way that the brain actually rewires itself when we do things over and over again. And just, simple concepts like Darren Hardy compound effect, just um, starting with simple changes. Yeah. It's, you know, it's the consistency over time that changes you. We, we misunderstand this. And, uh, you know, I made some improvements to my health habits over the last two years, but it's been gradual. It's just been sustainable things that I could keep up. I'm tracking them. And then after two years, people are like, man, you really look like you lost weight. You look like you're working out. I'm like just a little bit, most a, and I've been doing it for two years and now you see it, you know? Um, those are, I think everything has to be installed that way if we want to improve ourselves because it's just, it's got to become part of you. And, and until, until you've done it consistently long enough that it becomes part of you, like my reading habit now, I, I think I've got it to the point where every day I read 10 to 15% of a book and that, that adds up to 50 books and that freaking changes you, right? But 
you got to start with probably just one page a day. Yeah. You know, don't don't try to do that. You got you to start with something you can actually keep going. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. What role has your family played in you becoming your greatest possible self? Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, I feel a little so. Fam, I'll take the word family as two components. I've got my family I brought with me, which is my wife and two kids, and then I've got my my big family in the U.S. that I honestly have sort of abandoned, to be to be honest. And I, I think there was a big advantage to disconnecting from all of the the people that I grew up with, because then it made it easier to change who, into who I wanted to be. Create a new I could, identity. I could really say, like, there's no more fear of other people's opinions. There's no more, I can kind of like really separate from what everybody else expects me to be and yep. their memory of who I was. Yep. That's, that gives you some freedom. It's, I think it's harder if you're around people that have known you your whole life. Um, with my immediate family, with my wife and kids, um, I, as I started being happier and happier with who I was becoming, joined Toastmasters. You said you were in Toastmasters, right? Like that, that made me feel in a very short period of time, like way better about myself, and my communication ability. Yep. It really, it really increases your confidence. I, I noticed at first that I felt like a little frustrated that my, my wife and my kids maybe weren't, especially my wife at the time, my kids were pretty young. She wasn't really doing the same work on herself yet. Mm. And Kind of a long story, but I realized after a while that I couldn't have a picture in my mind of who I wanted her to be because then I would treat her in a way that she might start feeling. I think for deck for a long time, she probably felt like I didn't approve of her enough. Hmm. And that's not empowering. That doesn't help people grow. So what I, what I realized is like, I've got to just accept people for who they are, recognize every individual has to choose for themselves who they want to become. And I hope that by me supporting them in whoever they decide to become and by being an example of somebody who's always growing and improving and challenging themselves yep. that that they would decide to follow suit and my wife has done a lot of those things she's really once i kind of let go of what i expected her to and she's really grown a lot she became president she joined toastmasters became president the next year and like she's That's changed awesome. so much yeah. in the last few years awesome. uh, and last thing i'll say on that is my my kids i i don't i've let go of any expectation of who I want them to become. Yep. Got to decide. And I just hope that they see having parents that are growing themselves and working on themselves. I hope they just learn the value of that. Hmm. So that's, my, that's the way I see that. Awesome. I love it. Eli, this is gold, man. I want to tell our audience and anyone who's tuning in or watching right now, how can they stay connected with you? What are the next steps they can take, man? Yeah, I would love to be connected. Um, at this point, I, I still am pretty able to interact with, with anybody who's interested to talk about any of these things. Uh, I publish articles here and there on LinkedIn and Medium. You can find me on Twitter. It's EQ Learner. So I, I want to always be learning about emotional intelligence. So it's, mm -hmm. it's hashtag EQ Learner. And yeah, probably those places would be great. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn and start a conversation anytime. Awesome. Awesome. I love it, man. And um, I want to wrap it up with the final piece of wisdom that you want to give to our audience. We covered a lot of different topics today, but just getting to the, the core of impact. I know that's the, like the big theme of today. What do you want to drive home about impact, about being our greatest possible selves? That no matter what you think about what's going on, with other people, the, the challenges that, that other people, and we look at suffering, we look at other people and we don't want them to suffer. We don't, we don't like some things that we see. I think it's key that we just, I got this from Ray Dalio from the, the book principles. Um, 
you just really need to get to the place where you can accept things the way they are mm-hmm. before you can. I, I think we can't put full energy into making a difference before we accept. I think you've got to start with true acceptance of the way it just is that way. Okay. It just is that way. And then I can't save anybody out of a flood in the water. I've got to get myself out. Right. So you got to start with you. And if you, if you can build yourself into someone that is actually capable of helping other people, then you can, you can start to make a difference. Um, for me, those are the kind of the three core steps to start. Awesome. Eli, you're a champion. Thank you so much for being here. Stoked to be on Thank the journey you, with you. I know this is like yeah. really a, a fertile, beautiful place that you're at and like really cherishing each moment and then also stepping into uh, impact and legacy even more. And, uh, you know, the, the community that you're surrounded by is like so ripe for support, just getting the right things in place so that they can grow and see it's possible. And I'm, uh, I, I totally acknowledge you for stepping up to that, stepping into that, to being the catalyst that, that awakens the, the tsunami, awakens the, the ripple effect over there, man. It's awesome. Thank you for what you're doing, Chris. You're awesome. Thank you. Appreciate you, Eli. And I'll see you soon, okay? Talking to you. See you, man. From the bottom of my heart, Thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow and take massive action, Head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever.